0: you today to have a conversation about the 2020 NBA trade deadline have you been keeping up with this
1: I've been keeping up with Knicks related stuff
0: Knicks related stuff all right my brother so for all of our listeners Max Julian and I go way back to 2019 when Knicks Twitter universe started throwing these awesome get-togethers and during those meetups Max and I found a lot of common interests uh starting with the Knicks And luckily not ending there. How are you feeling about the trade deadline and just like the last week, Max?
1: Well, I'm feeling confident. I'm very pleased with the fact that um, they were able to. I feel pleased with the fact that they were able to move Marcus Morris Um, would have liked to get a little bit more back, but, you know, you got something for nothing. It was an expiring contract that you were able to move for future picks. So awesome. It was one of the first times that Nick fans
0: were like, "Wow, we made a we made a pretty smart move. Didn't need to be a heavy splash, but it was still a smart, low key move." Uh, how was the, were you checking Twitter this week, leading up to it? We'll go through the trades to uh, right away. But how was the mood for you and your household this past week?
1: Well, it was pretty good. I mean, we. We kind of were combing the airways. It was kind of stressful. A lot of talk about you know moves that were going to be made, like um, you know potential trades for D-, D-, D. D'Angelo Russell, possible trades for you know guys like Andre Drummond, and you know it was it's always, always real stressful in Knicks land. You know we're always dealing with hypothetical situations, and we don't have a real track tra- track record or history of success. So you kind of <laughs> always are nervous and scared at the same time.
0: It's like the deer hunter kid. It's like Russian roulette.
1: You never know exactly. when it's going it to get you. And, except and it's like usually when you're a Knicks fan, it's a fully loaded Russian Exactly. Roulette.
0: It's like, yo, one out of seven chance to have something <laughs> good happen. Are you going to live? Uh, so we'll get right to the trade deadline. The biggest trade the Knicks were able to get was the Mark Mars deal. We got to go back a little bit to June 30th, July 1st. You know, we'd done, you know, we'd hired the man himself, the greatest free agent whisperer out there coach Fizdale only to realize that um free agents weren't taking calls of nobody so we got Marcus Morris and a whole bunch of people looking to trade at the trade deadline so Marcus Morris officially traded to the Clippers there was a bidding war what we got back a uh, first round pick mo Harkless who has Queen's roots New York roots and maybe even a couple of second rounders uh, how do you feel about that and Uh, Were there any other deals that were out there that you were kind of wishing for, or let's go through the Marcus trade.
1: All right. So, you know, I'm I'm happy they got a first round pick, which is at the bare minimum what, you know, I wanted to see them do. Um, Harkless, local guy, don't want to bash him, you know, has roots here. However, let's just keep it real. Like the trade is really his salary plus future picks. Um, I was hoping that they'd get a couple young assets you know covengile might have been nice but i hear they turned that down so if i'm if i'm to believe twitter who turned it down uh clip show or or I think the, the knicks? knicks i think the knicks did yeah, it was not good want that
0: the knicks didn't want like two two picks that jerry west himself made in the teens like uh, do we forget like like were, were those picks trash or like yeah. what? Yeah, I don't know, no. man.
1: Maybe they just weren't high on these particular guys. They didn't have a high opinion of them, uh, or they didn't have the roster space. Um, I would have liked to see Kapanjalea. I think, you know, you, you take a, a look on a guy with a contract. You got him for four years. Guy has some talent, but, you know, talent is an eye of the beholder, you know? So maybe they just didn't feel like they wanted that particular person. I, I agree
0: on everything you said about the roster spots. And uh, as far as the rookie contract goes, I'm wondering if that had more to do with it, because they're thinking about every little dollar in 2021 and uh, or or the summer of 2020. We got seven picks, first round picks in the next five drafts. This year we have two first round picks plus uh, some Dallas first rounders that we got coming up. Plus, a couple of second-rounders we got from that Willie Hernan Gomez trade when we knew that we were parting with KP or whatever a couple of months
1: before that. <laughs> we were like, yo. You mean when Jeff Hornacek to... was telling Billy he's a little uh, – <laughs> He's a little stop. To his friend, stop he's the, a little uh... <laughs> P and
0: he's a little F and he's a little uh, –
1: But what do I know?
0: You know what I mean? Like, hey, Hornacek's from a different era. He played with the Jazz. He played with John Stockton. But what, so what do I know? So
1: I, know I guess John, the Marcus. I know Jeff Hornacek got sucker punched once upon <laughs> a time. That's what I know.
0: By 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 John Stockton at practice, or was that Mike Jordan on Steve Kerr? Sorry, uh, I forget
1: who's I forgot who snuffed. Um, oh, it was Jerry Stackhouse?
0: Yeah, Stackhouse snuffed uh, uh, Hornacek. <laughs> Pro- yeah, that that sounds like uh, yeah, that sounds like Hornacek did some grimy shit. The refs didn't see, and Stackhouse just had enough and was like, "Fuck this shit!" Like typical, them.
1: Just
0: yeah, typical Utah, yeah, Jazz Jerry Sloan type shit. Like nah, that they get the, the, away with
1: just because you know those are the yeah. you know the it's Utah. Because it is a
0: few they have a storied history, and we all love the, the ownership and the, the great history there. So, <laughs> uh, with that said, uh, the, the other biggest news out of coming out of Nick's Land today is we uh, got a new front office, and this time the search was not deep. It wasn't like the two months we took to find Scott Perry three, four off seasons ago. Remember that shit when we were looking for a front office, and then Steve Mills went ahead and gave. $70 million to uh, fucking Tim Hardaway Jr. And, and, a and then CP they immediately,
1: they must have cleared that check and was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't make any more decisions here. Exactly.
0: And then I think uh, CP from Nicks Fan TV, shout outs to him and Jay Ellis out there. They were Yeah, shout they out were to talking, those guys, man. they have been to drop us some wildfire shit this week. Good stuff. We're going to have Alex on the show as well uh, right after our call, Max. So
1: shout one out of the to things Alex. are that's out Alex, to is Alex. The big
0: man on the squad. You know, big man on the squad. Shout out to Alex. Shout out to Gavin. Shout out to Lockdown On Knicks. Shout out to Marcita. That's that's always gonna you yeah, know mom. that's always gonna be the Marcita's OG. The,
1: the Don, the Don Dada. He he birthed it, man. He he birthed it all. <It's laughs>
0: Schwinny Poo, we see you, baby. I gotta I gotta link up in the next meetup. So, all right, man. But the last time we went for a front office search, we had Phil Jackson. The one who followed that, Mills got his president job back. He picked Perry because David Griffin was like, fuck this shit. I'm not fucking with this shit. After that Tim Hardaway Jr. shit, David Griffin played it out for one more year on ABC TV and found his way with the number one pick uh, down in the Pelicans. Somehow, some
1: way that seemed to have happened.
0: You know, David Griffin's a very special ambassador to the game of basketball. And uh, when uh, the NBA sees that, they always want to make sure to take care of uh, new GMs. So hopefully, now that we have a new front office, we'll be blessed with the first round, uh, first overall pick as well. Cause Maybe. That's, I hope so. I that's hope how it always him. happens for the Knicks. So, all right, man. We we fucked up, and we picked Fisdale over Budenholzer. We fucked up. Uh, I don't know
1: I'm sure about fucking. about repair but, you, you know. But do you blame them, though, honestly? Like, listen, man. That man no. can talk. He, he talked his way into his wife's life or panties either. And, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. His, his, he got, he's, he's got he got a game. He's smooth, man. He's got a lot of
0: household, bro. We don't got yeah, luck for Fizdale the coach, for Fizdale the, the whole household. Um, you know, husband Fizdale, <laughs> Mrs. Fizdale to the dogs. Once a Nick, always a Nick. It's been some great, great times on social media with y'all, but yeah, you know, and great quotes, great quotes, but he's going to fix Moutier. He fixed him right, but it's been a terrible, you know, terrible basketball. And one thing I got to give it for Fiz, though, he didn't fuck up the... Uh, Draft for us like that. He, you know, Derek Fisher did with those two late-season wins. Mm-hmm. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kornacek fucked it up. So we could have had Carl anthony Towns before this or that. Whatever have you. So, Leon Rose. Nah, he kept tank commander Moutier in the game, yo. He, he did it. He was trying to fix him, and then he made sure the tank was right. He got the tank right, not Moutier, but he made sure to get the tank right. And, you know, Avery Griffin still got that first pick. So, it was within 24 to 36 hours of firing Steve Mills, we got ourselves a brand-new president. And the brand-new president is bringing along a friend. What are your thoughts on NBA super agent Leon Rose heading our ship and the fact that World Wide West is going to be a low-key, uh, you know, worldwide advisor, Mr. Worldwide?
1: You know what, man? And these guys have been power players behind the scenes around here for a long time, so I'm not surprised. Um, do I think it's going to work? I would have liked to, pre- I would have preferred personally to see some more experienced hands or somebody with head, you know, general manager experience or somebody who has a proven track record. But then again, we've hired people with proven track records that didn't do anything, uh, <laughs> at least not here. So, you know, I'll keep I'll approach it with an open mind, at least from the very least. It sounds like. They're really connected guys who have good relationships around the league, who also have good relationships, mm-hmm. you know, at every level, whether it's in the college game, whether it's in the sneaker game, whether it's, you know, within the league. Um, and, you know, they're doing a lot to try to rebrand the image. And I think, you know, behind the low key, uh, Steve Stout is back here making recommendations as well. So uh,
0: you know, Steve we'll see Stout how it plays the Knicks, out. Kid? It can't be worse. Steve Stout ran the Knicks for, for a day and a half.
1: And we got, <laughs> yeah, we and got Steve Rose. Mills out the game. <laughs> we got, it it we got took a day and a half picks. to convince Dolan to get his boy up out of there. Dude, the day and a half,
0: we went from that to having, like, two of the most popular connected people to be our front office leaders. Not not that there's always a great basketball decision. That remains to be seen. But uh, we got a first-round pick for Morris, who we got for kind of nothing in the summer. you know. We, and uh, we got a, uh, maybe some second-rounders out of it. We got more Harkless. So I got to take it to the next big trade. D'Angelo Russell, he was talking that shit. He's like, New York fans are great. Smiles. New York fans are great. Smiles. He didn't say Brooklyn once. He was kind of angling for that New York bit, you know, that 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 trade to New York. So he went to Minnesota to be connected with his boy, his best friend, Carl Anthony Towns. How are you feeling about that D'Angelo trade
1: not coming to the Knicks? Listen, I'm about to spit some hot fire, so everybody pay attention. Uh, everyone, put that shit on. You cursing is allowed. Go for it. What's your Yo, take on the Russell situation? On Russell, man, I don't think he. I think he puts up good stats. I think he's got talent, but I don't think he's this great transcendent player that I would have sacrificed anything to move hell and earth to get him over here. Like he's nice. on a 12 win nice. team, bro. Like nice. I, I find it funny how everybody looks at the trade from him, him going to Minnesota for Wiggins as them getting nothing. Like, Wiggins' statistics are almost exactly the same. He puts up, like, 22, 5, and 4. And, and his contract's actually a little bit more friendly now.
0: His contract's, it's, like, almost the same. It's, like, $30 million for five years, one started a year later before. So it's, like, the same contract. And uh, and I think they're trying to make Wiggins, like, their next Harrison Barnes. like yeah. he was was
1: former number one overall pick right and then what was russell i think second number two overall pick in his draft class yeah yeah you you know neither one of them could defend a cemetery
0: no couldn't (laughs) you know
1: and for whatever reason like outside of last year when he went 42 and 40 show me where d'angelo russell was leading teams to wins like it hasn't happened same thing for wiggins and i think that's kind of colored people's opinion of wiggins but carl anthony towns is there too and he's not winning games so you know do i think russell and and carl anthony towns are going to set the league on fire and shift the paradigm out west golden state seems not to think so so you know i don't believe it i believe it when i see it because you know you want to pay guys but guys got to be two-way players like you got to be a super high level offensive player if you're going to be as bad on defense as russell is and low-key as bad on defense as Carl Anthony Towns is for low key bro
0: everyone knows about it yo everyone knows that neither of them neither of them make other players better and I'm not trying no. to hate and criticize other players because you know big ups to big ups to cat he's a fucking jersey guy he big Nick fan uh you know yeah for sure I, like, I, I hope respect, one day for him to hear that him.
1: and you know wanna
0: play deep but yeah, what's their yeah. record right now? <laughs> exactly he hasn't won since Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and guess what Neither have me or you, Max. We haven't won an NBA game since Thanksgiving either. But, you know, we're not getting paid to do that shit. <laughs> no, and we're, we're not even. we're doing fine in our jobs, thank God. But, you know, uh, so it's like you're in the West. You're above average uh, point guard. You know, you're top 10, top 12 point guard in the league. And you're not pass first. So you're shoot first point guard. And Russell, you don't play defense. You don't necessarily make all the other players around you better. So uh we really dodged one there because we don't have too many other players to you know help grow and russell's timeline does not fit with the young squad so i think uh it was a it was a a bullet dodged my friend i was really happy about that
1: yeah i was was like as soon as i saw them pull the finalized that i was like Whew, dodged one on that
0: yeah it was almost Um, as bad as as rosier last year yeah Rosie, yeah, but Chicago. you know what it is, sure.
1: Knicks, Knicks fans are always desperate, bro. Like we want to see somebody get here. Oh, if it's a name, you know, we, we want to see like, anybody.
0: We don't give a fuck about wins because we're so used to. it. We're like, all right, who can we, who can we, who can we, you know, just think about a little bit for, you know. I gotta ask you about a few other questions, a few other drafts, uh, cool, trades cool, cool. That, that went down. Ready? Yeah. Hi, man. He finally got shipped. Andre Drummond, 2020s. Free agent, marquee free agent target. He's the other dude. He got the blocks, but he don't make the team better. He's like Carl Anthony Towns
1: with a few Without blocks. Without the jump shot.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. He got more blocks, no jump shot. Neither of them pass. Neither of them can really hold down their man on defense. And, you know, blocks are not the best representation of defensive ability. Nah, don't uh, Just got a lot of fucking players out there. I'm... Um, <laughs> So we're about to like do the same shit with Andre Drummond, Let's pull some Mellow shit, give him a few extra pieces. But even Steve Mills wasn't about to do that shit. So now the yeah, Cavs I, got Andre Drummond, and Detroit got some contract situation. John Henson, Brandon Knight. You know they got nothing, but it's just like they wanted to get. Uh, I think they might they have w- got a
1: pick in that, right? Oh,
0: let me see this shit. Let me see this. Uh, I don't. I don't even. Yeah, they got a twenty. Like um. A very very late second round pick in three years, Detroit. Yeah,
1: they didn't well, get nothing. You know, he contract. was leaving for nothing because they're not. They're definitely not going to max him. He thinks. No. He, I think he think he's eligible for like something like thirty mil or one of those type of max deals. And one, I don't think any team in the league, unless you, you have like <laughs> prime Shaq on your team right now, or like a Joel Embiid is going to pay max money to any sort of center right now. It's not a marquee position in the league. You know, if you got an opportunity to get yourself somebody who's a ball handler or, like, a shot blocker slash rim runner who, you know, can move laterally like a a Mitchell Robinson, then, you know, you'll pay that guy. But within a certain limit, man, like maybe 10 to 15, anything more than that is questionable. You've seen Capella got moved for nothing. So, well, I think they got something for Capella. But, yeah, he got moved. Nah, they got some shit back for Capella, though, because they got
0: Rob Covington and Rob Cov is, like, that intangible motherfucker who knows how to play that tweener position, make the shot, make you know, defend the
1: right way, and he still doesn't need the ball like that, so... I think he was the number one three and D-Wing that got moved. As soon as he got moved, I was yep. like, okay, whoo, next. Now Marcus. Let's Marcus, let's
0: go exactly. for Marcus Morris. And I gotta, I, you know, before we leave, we gotta talk about uh, the businessman, the new businessman in Miami, Mr. Andre Iguodala himself flipping the $17 million contract, calling it a day. It's like Friday, man. You got yourself fired on a day you didn't have work. And this yeah. guy didn't work, and he flipped it. It's the anti- he did the Monday move. He, he flipped Friday to fucking long weekend, 17 mil to 30 mil, whatever the have you. What do you think about the whole Miami Grizzlies shit, where Grizzlies yeah, got fleets? The most-
1: uh, Andre Iguodala has pulled off, and I like Iggy. You know, I've been a fan of his since he was in Philly. I used to, you know, once upon a time, I called in the New York one and argued we should have traded for him instead of Melo. So, you know, I like Iguodala. However, I must say that he's pulled off the most bitch ass thing that I've seen pulled off in a long time. I'm toasting Vicky right time. here for being
0: a bitch ass in the league because the league yeah. is a bitch ass. A lot of players. So I'm it's a pretty- lot of.
1: It's a bitch ass league right now. I, I got a problem with somebody being under contract and just, you know, saying I'm going sit out the year because I want to play for a contender, and then you're on a playoff team. <laughs> like you're on a you're on the eight seed, and that's without you playing a single game this year. Like if he played this year and he's still good, uh, allegedly, what could they be? The four seed maybe, you know? Yeah, man. But Miami's gonna load up. They got a couple other vets. I don't know if they were they able to swing Gallinari in that deal.
0: I didn't see no Gallinari news. So I saw him prior to the deadline. I see no Gallinari shit afterwards. So okay, so uh, he it's, wasn't it's not looking deal, so... like they got it's not looking like they got the
1: Gallo part pulled off.
0: Let me so see. Nah, Miami's so... loading
1: up to see who's the team to get bumped by either Philly or Milwaukee.
0: <laughs> they got Jay Crowder though.
1: Up uh, for Peyton's Ooh. best friend, Jay Crowder. He the. The guy with the feminine tendencies. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. No, That's I'm a super problem I, right I, now. I, I, you know, I'm a married uh, man. Max, I women are strong. Exactly. I don't believe that men should say misogynistic things, and I don't want to get blackballed from being exactly. able to come on here again. I'm and just quoting really, Marcus really, really
0: glad that Marcus Morris's misogyny is, is is not something we have to deal with in the locker room. I'm just kidding. Because uh, Marcus Morris, good locker room guy, stupid shit sometimes you say on interviews. We've all known Marcus Morris Good guy. Sometimes we say wild things, and he's uh, he's a Clipper now. So good luck
1: to the yeah, Laker him wild, Nation.
0: Until yeah, good luck to the Laker Nation, man. Laker nation got to deal with Marcus, yo. Marcus, is, I, I don't, you know, I don't think any Laker power forward or even LeBron's not gonna have a fun time dealing with Marcus, because Marcus is gonna go out of his way to
1: get under LeBron's skin. Marcus is gonna do some shit. That was a tactical error on the part oh. of the Lakers, man. I think they are underestimating how good yeah. the Clippers are going to be in the playoffs, man. Dude. Like, when they're when they when they're playing every other day. Bring the ball you know, up. Bring the worry. ball up.
0: Who's guarding you? Pat Bev. Who's next? Kawhi. Who's next? Paul George. Who's next? Marcus Morris.
1: Who's there, Marcus who's Morris that? can hit some big shots, man. He's got some big balls on him, man. He's got like, – In a, a playoff series, he's going to – he could swing a series, man. And him he'll and, come him come and Kawhi guys, he'll compete on defense, be physical. Him, Kawhi, PG. I like, give the last shot to
0: Kawhi first, and then, the, and then the next person I give it to it would be Marcus. I kind of give Marcus the, that that dog mentality over Paul George. Paul George is obviously a greater talent, and he's hit like a couple of game winners here and there that are meaningful. But uh,
1: Marcus Morris, man, I don't know. Like, you just gotta be if you, all he's gotta be able to do is make open shots in this situation, and He's never gonna see another double team a day in his life. He could just stand around and hit one, <laughs> catch and shoot jumpers, you know. Hey, go back like and play. He signed there, is he? he you can't get re-signed
0: by a Clippers, right? Clippers got cap space to like do something like fit him in next year.
1: I think if you trade or you acquired him, maybe they got his bird rights. But you know, this as is... soon as he got traded out of here, yeah. that my concern was to what we got for him, and yeah. I wish him well on his future endeavors, like the WWE would say.
0: So with that, with that said. Um... We got seven picks in the in the next five years, first round picks and a bunch of uh, second rounders. What do you anticipate, agent president Leon Rose, Worldwide West? What do you anticipate us doing this summer before we sign off,
1: oh, Max? I think you're gonna wait till you see where your draft pick is. It's gonna be high lottery most likely. Um, at that point, you'll take stock and inventory, see where you're at, how do you view your your young talented players or and debatably talented players um i don't anticipate any sort of major splash as far as free agents or trades this offseason um Mm. i think you just continue to build organically and and the kitty's not as empty as people think i think uh shit on steve mills for a lot of things but what he did as far as uh clearing the books being responsible and not trading trading draft picks he's the first knicks gm in my recent history uh to ever do something like this I, I can't recall us having seven picks in any sort of four or five drafts i can't even remember us having back-to-back tri- draft picks that we controlled and didn't have like a pick swap or it was traded to another wow. team so um we'll see man they got a blank slate it's a, it was an attractive job um you know it's the mecca the bar is super low um, I think they can turn it around relatively quickly, man. You just got to kind of hit on one player to be a star, whether that's R.J. Barrett, if he turns out to be good or you get a draft pick. Um, I think everybody's jockeying for 2020 right now. Um, I, it, build a situation where a star will come in or draft one or trade for one. So you never know. It's the NBA, man. They Like we said, there's a lot of bitch assness in the league. Somebody will come along and say they don't want to be where they're at. And you just gotta have the watch chest full.
0: <laughs> rhymes with cooker. So on that note,
1: uh, Shout it's out gonna to be rhymes with cooker.
0: <laughs> Shout out <laughs> to my favorite, uh, favorite restaurant in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, it's my favorite spot, right next to my brother-in-law's crib. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna, I'm gonna have look at fun. You high, high profiling. What?
1: what? You know what I mean? High
0: profiling, international. Comedy. Nah, bro. This is Tempe, Arizona, Arizona State University. Nothing high profile out there. I'm just <laughs> dropping, you know, Phoenix area references. You know, I'm a, I'm a big. I dig it. I I'm dig a big it. McCall Bridges fan. I'm a, I'm not an Aiton fan, you know, so I just got to, you know, I got my attention, my, my sights on the, the Phoenix area a little bit to see what happens between now and the trade deadline. Yeah, some there's some attractive real estate out there. Oh, very much so, but not as attractive as. 34th, and 7th, 34th Street
1: and 7th Avenue, the heart of... No, that's where it's at, my man. That's
0: where it's at. Max Julian,
1: it's been a pleasure. Max, where can we find you? You can find me at Max Julian on Twitter. Replace the I with a one, man, because I got locked out of my original profile. But add both in case I ever get access to the other one. So that's at M-A-C-K-S-J-U-L-I uh, uh, or one E-N. That's it, man.
0: Max, it's been a pleasure as always. I can't wait to see you at the next Nick meetup. Thank you so much for your time today, and let's go, Nicks. Appreciate that. Let's go, next my man. All right, peace. All right, peace. I had a chance to chat with Max Julian of Twitter fame. Max and I go way back to 2019 on Twitter meetups. So you ever got a chance to meet Max and hang out with him?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he and I, the last, uh, last meetup, we chilled, like, till the wee hours, man. Me, him, and Pooh.
0: Oh Baltimore my gosh. God. I was uh, I was taken away out of town to visit my um cousin who's expecting and she had a baby and they named him Zion, bro. So ah. I was like I was doing like the big brother visit to Florida to make sure my little sister is all right and shit. And we got a nephew in the house, his name is Zion, he's on in Tampa, so shout out to Zion. Shout out to Zion, man. Yeah. For, it should have been RJ though. I don't know. I know. I should have been like, Hey guys, <laughs> how about we do it a large and you know situation? So Happy Trade Deadline Day, brother. We're calling two of our favorite Knicks uh, personalities on Twitter and uh, the interwebs. Uh, Max, and uh, we'll wrap it up with you, Alex. So we'll take it to the first thing. How are you feeling about the Knicks haul for the Marcus Morris signing this summer, which was almost an afterthought, almost didn't even happen in the first place?
2: Yeah, you know, I really, at first I was disappointed, but then I started looking at all the other trades that went down today. And really I didn't feel too bad about it, right? So I'm sure you've I'm sure you've given the parameters already, but they got they got Mo Harkless, the Clippers first round pick this year, the right to swap first with the Clippers next year, which the only way that's useful. It's unclear if that also extends to the Dallas pick that the Knicks own for twenty twenty one, but that potentially could save the Knicks a couple slots if the Clippers, you know, drop off a little bit or the Mavericks rise up a little bit. You know, that could potentially get the Knicks a couple spots up in the twenties. So we got some pick swaps.
0: Do we, do we have yep. any second rounders in that shit? There, I know was, there, was, there was like opportunities to get their two players and Scott yeah. Perry was like, ah, we're good. Give me the picks.
2: Yeah, so there was they got the draft rights to Isif Sanan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct, but cool, cool. Um, that was from Washington. he doesn't seem like much of a player, but whatever, some draft rights. And it, depending on where you get your news from, uh, Ian Bagley and Mike Vorkanov had it as a 2021 second rounder from Detroit. And um, one uh, uh national reporter for USA Today, Jeff Zilgit, had it as a 2023 for or second rounder from Detroit. Uh, the cool. Clippers owned.
0: Still happy it's still Detroit. They're gonna be hot trash. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah,
2: yeah. The, the Clippers uh owned both those picks. I would be willing to bet that Bagley is probably right, and it's probably the 2021. So um if that's the case, pretty solid, because that might be the double draft year where high school players are allowed to enter the draft. And if that's the case. Then the Knicks might they have... Open it all up to everybody. I mean, they might have four shots in the top 40 picks in that oh draft. Oh, my God. Because they'll, be... have, they'll have the two firsts, their own, and the, the Dallas slash Clippers, whatever one. Uh-huh. And, then, and then they'll have Detroit, who's going to be bad now. And they'll have yeah. the Hornets, who are probably still going to be bad. So We got those
0: Hornets picks from the Willie trade. The Willie and then Gomez trade. So once you start looking at the landscape, you're like, holy crap, we got a lot of... just picks and even if these picks themselves don't become you know star players oftentimes you package picks the way oklahoma city was uh, oklahoma city received or la was able to to get paul george during the that that last second trade so picks come in handy how do you feel picks come in most handy well i
2: was actually just talking about this on Locked on Knicks the other day. Um, Shout and out I to talk- Locked
0: on Knicks. Everyone should be listening to Locked on Knicks right after this. Go
2: ahead. Yeah, well, yeah. We I just finished recording right before I came on here, so you can check out our trade deadline special right after this. But uh, uh, I was talking about this on there and on Twitter the other day. Like I think that in the NBA, a lot of t- so like there was rumors that the Knicks could have potentially walked away with um, Fiondu Jelly or um, Terrence Mann or a couple of the other young players on the Clippers. Instead, they end up getting the first. And, um, you know, the extra second rounder, I think a lot of times in the NBA, like draft picks are valued more than yeah. actual players. Yeah. yeah, like like you're selling hope when you're selling draft picks. And I think the Knicks have the ability to sell a lot of hope now, even if realistically those picks don't figure to be any better than in the 20s. You know, when you're talking about the Clippers picks or the Clippers pick and the Dallas picks. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you can sell hope to some teams and. And make them think that, you know, you have a lot to offer. Like you can slap a four first round pick offer on the table and not
0: jeopardize yourself too much because you're just spending other people's money at that point. And it's just it's a little bit more palatable to read for the fans. Uh, If you're like, oh, my God, we've got we got three picks out of it. That's great. You know, and even if it's one first round and two second rounds. It's still often better than paying, you know, all that salary to someone who's not that good. And if you kind of keep the books light for 2021 or any any flexibility that we need, uh, draft picks offer, you know, just that to that, you know, the hope. But it's also like you don't get into the weeds and the details about the draft picks too often, you know, in the headlines, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean. It's
2: yeah. And ultimately, when you looked at what the Knicks got today, too, versus what other teams got for other comparable players, I thought they did pretty well for themselves. Like like the Warriors, you know, supposedly were asking for this huge package for D'Angelo Russell, and they wind up settling on Andrew Wiggins, who's really not that good and is being paid like a superstar for like three more years after this. That's Um, right. They settle on him and a top three protected 2021 first round pick. And uh, I forget what the other like a very it's a twenty-two,
0: twenty twenty-two second round pick twenty twenty
2: two second. Yeah, only a it's second identical.
0: Round. It's practically identical to what the Knicks got, got for it, uh, Marcus Morris, who was player it, a player we got for nothing.
2: Yeah, like the twenty twenty one pick from the Timberwolves would probably be a good bit higher, but also like Russell's should be a good bit more valuable. I mean, he was an yeah. all star last year. He's a twenty something point and seven assists per game guy you know, he's he's good. And then you look at what Drummond fetched. I mean, he's he's an expiring contract.
0: He's a... You that know. one was ugly. That one was just like, I, I'd feel bad if I was uh, Drummond's agent. Yeah. You know, trying to like convince convince some sucker club. And the Knicks, I don't think Leon Rose uh, is going to be maxing out Andre Drummond. I don't think Steve Stout will uh, push for that. So now, Detroit just parted with Drummond because they know they're going to lose him in the offseason and what do they get, like, a second-round second pick Henson?
2: basically. Yeah, they got John Henson, Brandon Knight, who's basically just salary, and a yeah, second-round pick. It, I
0: John, mean, Henson's John Henson's
2: nothing to look at either. You know, he's not— yeah, he's, he's not, not, he's not, not playing.
0: Player. He's not been playing. So, yeah. So, can you— it's, it's so fun to know that the Knicks came out with the biggest haul, but you wouldn't be guessing that if you read the national media.
2: Yeah, well, you never would think that. I mean— I'll, I'll fully admit that I got really excited about it. the way that the reporting was coming out. It sounded like the Knicks were going to get the 2020 pick and Cabin Jelly, who I started really talking myself into mm. um, and potentially man. So when it first came out, I was kind of disappointed and I was like, Ugh, really? But the more that I started looking at it, that extra second round pick sweetens things up a little bit. That pick swap again, if it can apply to the Dallas pick, gives you the opportunity to you know, jump up a couple slots in uh, the draft next year. Which is nice. And, you know, uh, this year you get the extra first round pick and get another you you set up a really attractive situation for the incoming, you know, new president of basketball operations, uh, Leon Rose and his team to come in and have two picks in the first round this year, Um, a high pick in the second round. They can start building the team their way. And, you know, they have enough picks going forward that if, you know, a superstar becomes available or something, they can make a
0: move. So. Devin Booker. Sorry about that, man. I had this Devin Booker cough. I keep talking about him. Uh, so before we get to Leon Rose, what's going on? What What are your thoughts about Miami building up? You know you know, Miami was able to fleece uh, Memphis. They got Iguodala, and they got a whole bunch of more uh, cap-friendly items. And they're able to unload Justice Winslow, who was from the KP draft, never really panned out. There's a lot of talk. Stephen A. Smith and everyone to, you know, push the Knicks to pick either Justice Winslow or Moutier. They never panned out. Uh, So what are your thoughts on the whole Miami locking and loading? Well, they ultimately didn't get what they
2: wanted because they wanted to swing a deal for Gallinari also, which would have been the way bigger get. I mean, I don't know. I actually I actually thought Memphis made out pretty good in that deal. Um, Winslow is is low key, pretty good. Uh, They Miami last year started playing him as a point guard. And it seemed weird at first, but then he was actually really good as a point guard and was I think he put up a couple triple doubles and was shooting better and just in general it seemed like a better role for him. And you know, I don't necessarily I, I don't think he's gonna turn into an all-star in Memphis or anything, but he signed to a pretty fair contract. Like I think it's
0: about ten million a year.
2: Uh yeah, which it's, yeah.
0: It's like it's like yeah, it's, it's like was, eleven to twelve, like you said, and it's like yeah. he's uh he 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 can do a lot of different things. He just he's not able to stay healthy and it's just it's yeah. always it never worked out the fit there. But yeah. I haven't yeah, with, with John Moran, go ahead. Okay. What do you think is gonna happen I, now? Well I was gonna say
2: the thing with them is ultimately they got paid twice for a which is nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Warriors gave them uh, a first round pick to take him, and then the uh Heat gave him a first round or gave a first round pick for him in exchange. So it kinda Kind of works out nicely for Memphis. They Memphis. snagged two first-round picks just for being the intermediary. And for whatever reason, I mean, I feel bad for Memphis because they were getting crapped on by the media for, like, I- Igadala was getting praised for, like, making a power move. And I'm like, no, he's willfully cho- choosing to sit out from a playoff team, and they're doing him a favor by not fining him, like, out the butt because he should be getting fined, yeah. like, right you now because he was he was being insubordinate. He was straight up not playing for the team when
0: he was healthy. And it's called breaking your contract. You're, you're, you're yeah. breaking your contract. It's it's kind of illegal. It's not. It's also not cool. Yeah. Um, one of the things I gotta like as Nick fans, we understand that we understand national media is gonna go for the the headline. They're not gonna you know, they're they're not gonna call it fair. Uh, while Memphis was low key rebuilding, and they drafted Ja, they made some incredibly small but smart additions to the team. Uh, so they've cleared out a lot of the. You know, the front court. So Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. could have as much run as possible. Now they're now they're building these other pieces. Uh, anything you want to share about Memphis before we move on to the Knicks presidency? Uh,
2: well, I just think I was just gonna say to cap off the Iguodala thing, I just thought it was so funny how that saga worked out because you know that the reason that he took that stance that he did is because he thought that they were gonna be terrible, and he was like, "Well, I'm not gonna play for some like you know." Top five lottery garbage team, and then they ended up making a playoff push. And I swear he, like, they're in the eight seed in the West playoffs right now. I think, or maybe even the seven seed. And I swear that he must have just been like, "Uh, well, no, I'm still not playing." And it just like stubbornly put his foot down. And was like, "Well, I, I refuse to play for this team because I said it at the beginning of the season, and I'm not going to yeah. do it now."
0: he doubled down, and he was like, he was enjoying like the rehab. He was like, "Nah." This is my LeBron season, or, or like the, you know, the season I'm going to use to recovery and recuperate and, and extend my career by two, three more years, and he got paid for it. So and he got big paid for and it. They signed him a two year extension too, which is insane. And the cool shit is he gets to live in Miami now, so he gets to play out his his golden years in Miami, getting super paid. Yeah. Um, for that. And Go Miami, ahead. Miami, I think managed to snake uh, Jay
2: Crowder too, which will oh. be good for them that so was Jay, the
0: best part of it because yeah. you know Jay Crowder is going to be doing all that great defense and uh he's going to bring a lot of that energy at the right moments and you know spolster is fantastic with his rotations he knows exactly what to do with his players and he's going to get the very best out of them so i'm excited about miami man mm-hmm. uh proud to see a team in the east kind of you know you know go for it and give the one or two teams at the top a run for their money yeah definitely definitely you are a Sports Illustrated Knicks beat writer. You are a Knicks uh, contributor for so many outlets, and you're a co-host of Locked On Knicks. How are you feeling about our new president, President Leon Rose? It was the shortest president search in recent Nick history. Steve Stout, you know, fingerprints all over it. How did uh, the boys at the office take this one?
2: Um, well, not that I work in an office, so I, yeah. but everybody, everybody that I've talked to and Slack and everything else, it's mixed opinions. But my general, my general opinion of it is, I think, I just, I just wish that the Knicks would have um, taken a little more time to conduct the search because ultimately, maybe this ends up being a good hire. My biggest thing is that I don't, I don't think anybody was clamoring to sign. Leon Rose to be their president of basketball operations. So it's not like you had to make this signing today to or, you know, whatever. He's it's it's not done, according to James Dolan's statement he put out, but they've selected him already. Like, it's going to happen. And I, I don't know why it wouldn't have been possible to just wait until April. You know, the offseason starts for 14 teams in April. And then, you know, a week and a half later, when the first half of the playoff teams get eliminated, then 22 teams are completely done with the season and in off season mode. And even those remaining eight teams that are still playing generally, once you're in the playoffs, there's no more, there's no more front office decisions at that point. So teams will generally let their front office people start taking interviews and, you know, assistant GMs can talk about, you know, moving on in in their career or GMs, you know, if granted permission can start talking to teams then too. And, you know, there, there was rumblings that maybe, you know, via some draft compensation, you could pick up Masai Ujiri. There was talk that Sam Presti might be available from Oklahoma City, who has a great track record, that you could have gotten him for basically nothing. Like, uh, according to some reports, Oklahoma City had basically told him, look like you've done well by us. If you want to move on with your career, we won't, you know, stop you from doing that. And, you know, we'll let you interview elsewhere and and take another job and not even, you know, make them pay to break your contract or anything. So, you know, it's like it just feels like an opportunity missed to at least explore some other options. And it just, you know, I hate to I hate to pile on, but it feels very Dolan like to just be so hasty with the move, you know, and I wish he would have taken a little more time. I'm not going to fully judge the hire until we see what type of moves he starts making, though. And, you know. Uh, obviously, with a new GM, you got to give them like at least a full year. So, if we reach this point next year and things are starting to look up, cool. If things already look like they're going down a bad path, then, you know, whatever, that's predictable, maybe.
0: <laughs> the, the signing, everything you described reminds me of the anticipation that we had leading up to the Fizdale hire. There were a lot of coaches that we were able to interview. A lot of folks we were able to talk to, a lot of great basketball minds that were curious to find out about this challenge. And at the end it came down to Bodenholzer, who was the most qualified coaching candidate in the market, and Fisdale, who may have been the most charismatic. And we chose the 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 magnetism of the charisma and the potential to lure players by talking to them rather than necessarily, you know, build a winning team. So clearly, Masai's built a winning team. Uh, He's he's the best candidate out there, and you know Sam Presti has has pulled some great tricks uh, in in his ability to draft and conduct some some good trades, and not counting like some of the famously bad ones. Like you said, uh, we'll have to wait and see. What are your uh, what's your familiarity with worldwide Wesley William Wesley? You're you're a different generation. Oftentimes we uh, pick a little fun at the Marcita generation that I'm from and the younger Marvel Comics universe guys. Uh, (laughs) So what do you know about William Wesley and how does his name being involved in Nick's front office now make you feel?
2: Well, he was the one I mean, Rose, you know, represented LeBron for years until uh, LeBron kind of spun off with Rich Paul and. LeBron's not technically part of Clutch Sports Group, but, you know, you know, he's kind of part of Clutch Sports Group, um, you know, that he and Rich Paul sort of run together in a way. Um, so but before that, he was repped by Rose and he had serious connections with World Wide West, apparently, uh, William Wesley. That's what I mostly remem- remember him for. I just remember in the lead up to the decision, all you heard about was World Wide West, World Wide West, like he's pushing LeBron to the Knicks. So that's why it's going to happen. and. Ultimately, it didn't. So maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe LeBron instead of doing uh, doing movies will be talked into uh, doing Broadway shows and uh, Worldwide West, and Leon Rose can lure him to New York finally at 40 oh, years or something.
0: Oh god! But, uh, I, is this is this all a move for Brownie Junior? I, also, yes. they can so we can redo this twenty two years later with uh, I his, I mean the, the youngster. You're gonna have to draft him.
2: You're gonna have to draft Brock, yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Like that's yeah, the only I'm way just... you're ever gonna get him.
0: Yeah. But
2: who knows? I don't know. I mean, maybe. But I also wonder. You know, I don't even know what like. I I, I don't know what World Wide West does. You know what I mean? I just that's know him thing, by that man. name. You know, he's, yeah, dude. He's, uh, I, I just remember him from ten years ago. That's it.
0: <laughs> there was this one article. Uh, that I once read about him. I think Slam Magazine uh, did this in their heyday. And they had this entire feature on Worldwide West, William Wesley. And they told stories about him picking up Leandro Barbosa from the airport and being like, hey, Leandro, who do you like to listen to? And Leandro's like, oh, I love Jay-Z. And he's like, you know, he just came from Brazil. He's learning English. He's like, oh, hold on. And he, like, dialed Jay-Z and put him on the phone with, like, a rookie... Leandro Barbosa who's like what the F just happened mm-hmm. um he when LeBron was in the league first oh three there was a lot of information coming up and people finding out about this World Wide West dude who's just technically you know more or less everywhere connected to every single person so they asked LeBron hey who's World Wide West and why do you all look up to him as such a great mentor to your young players and LeBron said hey he's just He's a good dude. He never asked me for anything back. And he's just always there if I need anything. So, the malice in the palace when the fight broke out between the Pacers and the Pistons, there's a picture of Ron Artest being held back by a gentleman in a gray suit or this video. And he's holding him back. And he's real, you could tell he has a real close relationship with Ron Artest. And I forgot, I'm not sure if it was Reggie Miller, who was in the broadcast booth by now. It probably was. He's probably on the field. He's probably on the court. Someone was um, talking about it later, like, what the hell is he doing on the court? Like, how did he find himself at this game on the very same night that one of the biggest brawls in NBA history just pops off? And he's like in the middle of it squashing the beef, you know, like stopping it. So uh, there's a whole these like urban legends of World Wide West and here we are, uh, a new generation of fans getting to see what he may or may not be able to do. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it'd certainly be nice if, uh, you
2: know, if he really is a connected type like that, you know, if he can be the guy that is like the hype man for the Knicks, then cool. I mean, I guess the Knicks have never really had that. The Knicks have, one thing I'll say is the Knicks have always struggled, despite playing in, you know, arguably the coolest media market and coolest market in the country you know other than maybe la like you could maybe i would say like if you're gonna pick like the coolest nba cities that you potentially want to play it would be like la miami new york right yeah so the, the knicks have that advantage but the knicks themselves have never been cool you know what i mean like no no they, they, they always come off as like dorky sort of you know like their presentation to lebron was like you know, apparently one of the main reasons that LeBron decided not to come, although I I don't know if I ever fully believed that. But, you know, they made free agent pitches to other guys and just never seemed to get anybody's attention because you had all these, you know, you had like Donnie Walsh giving them or Phil Jackson, you know, who are just kind of like old basketball souls, you know. So maybe finally. Try some octopus,
0: home. Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. If you eat it, I'll draft you before I draft Frank. Yeah, exactly. So
2: you know it's it, maybe finally he's just that guy that can be the one that kind of you know makes the knicks a desirable destination just by virtue of being so connected and being like a cool guy that knows people and stuff like that but i guess time will tell
0: i can't wait to see the twitter reactions from other nba players as they i'm pretty sure by tomorrow a few more nba players will start commenting on their relationship with rose or roll west or you know we, we'll, we'll probably find a little bit more about the the basketball community's responsiveness to it alex thank you so much for joining us for this you know emergency slash bonus trade deadline episode how did it go for uh you and gavin on gavin and locked on nicks
2: that was good we just recorded it so you know as i mentioned before if you want to check that out after you're done with this episode uh you can find us uh pretty much on any streaming platform and at locked on nicks on twitter um we Just put out, I think, probably about a 40-minute episode, something like that, Uh, maybe a little less, uh, on the trade deadline, on Morris, on Rose, on James Dolan's little letter to the public um, about, you know, whether he hired a president or not. And then, uh, you know, plenty of great coverage on posting and toasting on SB Nation. Uh, They're at PT blog on Twitter. That's where I do part of my writing. Uh, If you want to just go for some nostalgic value, I put out a big trade mailbag today that was more humorous than anything. Um, and then Knicks SI, you can check them out at Knicks SI on Twitter uh, or at allnicks.com. That's their new URL. Uh, I wrote a piece on there today just about the, the trade itself, just a quick little hitter with some instant reactions. And then you can find me on Twitter at the Alex Wolf if you want to just follow me.
0: It's always been a pleasure. Uh, it's a privilege, it's always ours to have uh, you join us on the show. Can't wait for the next uh, Nix meetup, my brother. And uh, I can't wait to hear Locked on Knicks right after this. We'll have our episode published hopefully soon, and I'll be listening to Locked on Knicks on my way home tonight. Great. Thanks so much for having me again, man. It was a pleasure. Uh, I really appreciate it on short notice. Let's go Knicks, Alex. Thank you so much. Let's go Knicks, man.